direction of God on every Christian, that every Christian is to belong to a local church uh, in an official capacity, not simply to uh, worship there, even on a regular basis, but to commit to the membership of a local church. And I thought this morning, uh, in receiving another member uh, here, that I would remind us all of the responsibilities that there are for those who are members in the church. Well, I'm not sure what you were doing yesterday afternoon. Uh, Maybe you were sitting inside out of the rain for some uh, streak of madness. I thought it would be a good idea uh, to go to a football ground of a a low league, local football, and I can't stress low enough. It's right away down there. Apologies, James. Uh, uh, And to watch the the team that James plays for and that I have a role of being a chaplain in. And it's always very interesting. Football is not that interesting, but watching the dynamic of people is very interesting in a club setting. I found the same thing when I was a member of a hockey club many decades ago now. Um, There are some people in a club who are really committed to the club. They put in their very best on a Saturday. They're at all the training events. They buy all the the kits and they're proud of the badge on their chest. There are others, and I saw some yesterday, there were some subs along the line, and they should have been tuned into the game. But one of the young lads, he was just so besotted by his girlfriend, he was watching her and didn't even deny him the game. And just somewhere like that, uh, just, well, if it suits me, I'll be committed to the team and some sadly more interested in themselves. And even in the life of the church, you get that range and spectrum with regards to membership in the church. There are some who say with all their heart the words of Psalm 122, we sang them, For the sake of the house of our God, I'll seek your good. Totally committed. Love her and delight in her. Others, sadly, are more fair weather in their commitments. A bit flaky, we would say, in our culture. Well, Jesus Christ loves the local church. And he loves the local church so much that he guided uh, several writers Paul and Peter in particular, to write specific letters, not just generally to the Christian church in a big way, but letters that had a very specific postcode to the church in Ephesus, Philippi, Colossae, Thessalonica, or wherever. He loves the church. And he expected all those who were his sheep, who belonged to him, to belong to that church in that area. There he was going to give direction to the sheep that were his own. And this morning we're looking at part of just one of those letters, the local church in Ephesus. In chapter 4 and verse 1, Paul states the overall responsibilities of the members of the church at Ephesus. And it's an overall responsibility that falls on you this morning if you're a member of this local church. Therefore, Paul writes, a prisoner for the Lord, 
I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Walk worthy of belonging to Jesus Christ. Walk worthy of belonging to his church. And the rest of this letter, basically the Apostle Paul is teasing out what it means to walk worthy and to set out the responsibilities of the members in the church at Ephesus. And this morning I want us to zoom in on verses 10 to 16 and to highlight for you four responsibilities. You'll know them, but I remind you of church membership. Uh, Joel Beakey, you may have heard of him. He's a, a teacher, preacher, pastor, theologian, and lecturer in the United States of America, reformed minister. He has a very helpful little booklet, The Marks of a Faithful Church Member. And I have adopted and adapted some of his ideas today as we open up this paragraph for you. So here are four things that Christ expects of all who belong to his church. And he expects all who are his to belong officially to the church. First of all then, receive the word of Christ. That's one of the first things that we see here that God has for the directions of the members of the church at Ephesus, receive the word of Christ. Ephesus was like every Christian church. It had its troubles. I don't imagine they had the troubles that we have with a block gutter and the water coming in on a Sabbath morning, but they had other problems that were more significant than that. They had problems of tensions in their midst. God was wonderfully converting people from all sorts of backgrounds, Jew and Gentile, And some of them were having difficulty getting along. And this whole letter was to help them get along and remind them that they were one. But it wasn't that they were just simply to take this letter home with them. They didn't because they couldn't. They didn't have a Bible to take home. They went to the gathering on the Lord's Day and the pastor, the the minister, the the teaching elders read out this letter and they would have preached upon this letter. It was the means of them growing. It was the means of them being strengthened in the faith. In verse 11, the Apostle Paul highlighted how they were to hear this word of Christ. Paul writes, And he, that's Jesus Christ, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. In the church in those days, there were different groups of men who had particular gifts of speaking. The apostles were able to speak in a very authoritative way, bringing the word of God. Prophets could speak also like that, bringing the word of God. Uh, so here, was a, here were means that they were to hear the word of Christ. Now, not all the offices that are mentioned there in verse 11 are still present today. We don't have apostles in the church today. To be an apostle, you, the qualification was to have seen the risen Lord. There are no apostles today. Nor are there any prophets today. A prophet was to bring the word of God in a very special way. We have the completed word of God in the Bible, so there are no prophets. There are also no evangelists. 
I'll have to clarify that because you're immediately thinking, well, I know, I know lots of evangelists. It might be better if in this translation the word evangelist had a capital E. In New Testament times, it was a very specific role. They helped the apostles. So because there are no apostles today, there, there are none today who have this particular function. There are still people very gifted for evangelism and do the work of evangelists and telling people the gospel, but they don't officially have this Bible office. Paul writes also of those who are shepherds and teachers. That's equivalent or the same thing today as a minister of the gospel. So of this list, this is the group that we still have today. All on this list were, were gifts of Christ to his church, to help his church to, to grow in their faith. And what we have today is just this last office re- remaining in the church. The others aren't needed anymore because the word of God is complete and the spirit has come in its fullness. So we've got the gift of the, of the office then of, the, of, she, of shepherds and teachers. And today, as I mentioned the announcements, our church and our sister churches across the world are praying that God would give us more uh, pastors and teachers so that the church of Christ might be built up. It's how God's people are to receive the word of Christ We could say it's an office that is a gift of Jesus to his church. And just as we treasure, I'm sure you've got gifts at home that someone has taken great time to to think about what you really needed and they've provided that for you, you treasure it. So here's a gift that Christ has for his church, uh, the gift of of, uh, a minister of the gospel. And, And we're to treasure that office. Uh, And our responsibility is to make use of that office, to receive the word of Christ. We should try and push out of our mind the individualistic world we live in. I'll take my Bible home and read it. I'll read a book and that'll help me. Well, it may, but here's the primary means for us to receive the word, to hear it read and preached by those appointed by God and those commissioned by his church. In Hebrews 10 and 25, it says that we're not to neglect the meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. So receive the word of Christ. That's a great challenge for any who are ministers of the gospel, including myself, that we labor in the word uh, be faithful workmen in the word so that you hear the word of Christ. And it's also a great challenge for, for you who, who belong to the church to receive the word of Christ. And that will mean preparation for you as well as for me. Maybe on a Sabbath morning before you come out to pray that God will speak to your life today through the word read and preached. Uh, in my first congregation, my, my senior elder, when it was his turn to pray with the elders on a, on a Lord's Day morning when the elders met before the service and Robbie, my senior elder, he always prayed the same prayer and it's still riveted in my mind 25 years later. He would pray, Lord, help your people today to receive your word, to lay it up in our hearts 
and to practice it in their lives. He knew that something very important was about to happen as the church gathered, received the word of Christ. Spurgeon said on one occasion, there is no worship of God better than, he, than the hearing of a sermon. It stirs all the coals of fire in your spirit and makes them burn with brighter flame. Receive the word of Christ. It's proclaimed here every Lord's Day morning and every Lord's Day evening. Sometimes there are legitimate reasons why we're absent. <coughs> well, works of mercy are necessity, but apart from that, we receive the word of Christ. Secondly then, we are to grow in the likeness of Christ. Here's a responsibility for every member in the church. Grow in the likeness of Christ. You see, Christ gave the office of pastor and teacher for a particular purpose. You'll see it there in the passage that we read. In verse 13, for example, Paul writes, Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Or in verse 15 he writes, We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. You see, there was an infantile, a childish uh, way in the church at Ephesus. And it was in their frictions. It was a childish thing. They should have been more grown up and more spiritually mature and realized their unity in Christ. And, and God didn't want them to remain as little children spiritually. And so Jesus Christ provided for their growth in the life of the church. We can say the church is like a greenhouse where everything is provided for our growth We've got the word to receive. We've got the sacraments to enjoy. The fellowship of God's people. And the Lord Jesus has provided that environment in the church. So that we're not tossed around. You'll see in verse 14 that Paul writes. So that we may no longer be children. Tossed to and fro by the waves. And carried about by every wind of doctrine. By human cunning. By craftiness. In deceitful schemes. Paul's aware that Christians can, can be uh, unstable at times. And here is Christ giving the word in the life of the church to put stability in our lives, to, to give us growth. And we love growth, don't we? We've been watching with delight uh, the little boys, babies in our congregation, Daniel and Jesse and Marcel. But we're thankful that they're not just those tiny bundles that we could hold in our hands anymore. That they're sitting on their dad's knee and making noise and interaction. That they're growing up and we want them to grow up big like Imogen. And we want them to grow bigger than that to like Kezia. And we want them to grow on into adulthood like, like their parents. And we would be concerned if they weren't. Well, God is emphasizing in his word that he, that he wants all who are his to be growing up in their likeness to Jesus Christ. Because as we grow, we're walking in a manner worthy of the calling to which 
he has called us. It's when we grow up in our faith, receiving all that there is in the life of the church, that we're different from the world. Look at Paul writes in verse 17, Now I say this and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. This is going to be the fruits of belonging to the church and receiving the word. You'll grow up. You'll not be like the Gentiles. You'll not be like the world's. You see, one of the great responsibilities for every member in the church is that we guard the good name of Christ's church. That our lives are different out in the world. They're different in our families. We're showing we belong to Christ and we belong to Christ's team. It's as we grow up in our faith that our families are blessed. It's as we grow up, we, we learn, uh, young men who are married learn what it is to be a better husband. Young wives learn what it is to be a better wife. Young parents learn to be what it is to be a better parent. Young men learn what it is to be a, a better brother, a, a better uh, um, employee. It's as we grow, we guard the name of Christ and his church. And the greater our growth in Christ's likeness, the greater our usefulness for him. Sometimes people say, well, what could I do that would help my church grow? That's a good question, isn't it? Well, here's something very simple, that you and I continue to grow up spiritually. Uh, maybe you've been in a house and you've noticed that there are children in the house that uh, a room that you've gone into had little pencil marks on the wall, uh, starting down very low, and then getting higher and higher and higher. Uh, obviously, the, the mums and daddies have been measuring the heights. And they could look at them and say, well, they're bigger than they used to be. Uh, look at how they've grown. Now, spiritual growth is a little bit more difficult to measure. But we should be able to measure it. People should be finding that we're being changed from glory into glory as Christ's likeness appears in us more and more. So here's a second responsibility for the church. We are to grow in the likeness of Christ and we do that as we receive the word of Christ. Thirdly then in this paragraph, third responsibility for members of the church is to stick together with the people of Christ. Paul is a favourite illustration of the church, doesn't he? His favourite illustration is the body. You'll see he mentions it there in verse 15. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, and the implication is there's a body, to him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. Paul's favourite illustration, whether he's writing to the church at Ephesus or writing to the church at Rome, he writes in Romans 12, 5, though many were one body. And that's something that makes the church different. Different from every other organisation. Because the church is also a living thing. Maybe you're a member of the RAC, the, it's a if you, a breakdown cover for your car. 
Well, I don't imagine that you feel any connection with all of the other millions of people who belong to the RAC or, or AA, or you don't expect them to appear at the side of the road someday if you have a flat tire or your car doesn't start. It gives you no connection with anybody else. The church is completely different. She is a body. Because when we're united to Christ, we're united and connected to every other Christian. And it's the local church that is to display that connectedness. Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus and telling the church at Ephesus, you're a body. And the members of the body were to stick with the body. In the scriptures, we're, giving us, we're given many commands to, to fulfill with regards to other Christians. Love one another. Encourage one another. Pray for one another. How are we to do that? God doesn't expect you to have a, a list somewhere of every Christian that there is in the world. Make your way through it, thankfully. No, he set us in the local church where all those one another's are to be lived out as we belong to his church and stick together with the body of Christ. You see, belonging to the local church is the way of displaying that I belong to Christ. Uh, Marta today, as she joins with us here in Woodstock, as she stood this morning before us and uh, recommitted herself to Christ in the void, she, she's made it clear to us all, I belong to Christ. Uh, and as the elders who oversee the work here, we're, we're also saying as elders in the, in the church to Marta, we see in your life, Marta, that you belong to Christ. Uh, we see it. And we thank God for it. And part of that is you belonging to this part of his body. And every member is to be loyal to the body. Um, it would be a strange thing for your foot to say, wouldn't it? I think I'm going to have a day off. I don't think I'm going to weigh in today. Uh, or I'm going to do something different from the rest of the body. Be a little bit strange and disconcerting to see a foot heading off on its own. Likewise, actually, it's very disconcerting to see a professing Christian heading off on their own. We are to stick together with the body of Christ. In our body here, as in every local church, in every denomination, we have a testimony. We have a, a little book that gives you a summary of what the Bible believes uh, in a very short manner. And all of our members are called upon to be teachable and submissive to that. It's a way of being loyal to the body. This is what we believe as a body. This is what we believe the scriptures say and I'm showing that I belong to the body as I seek to live out what we believe that the scriptures say in every area of life. Being loyal to the body preserves the unity of the church. Uh, and it's an important thing. When, when someone comes into membership in the church for the very first time, 
We offer them in our church a little course so they can see exactly what the body believes so they can be in the position to say, well, yes, that's what I believe and this is the body that I want to belong uh, to. Maybe you've been enjoying some of the, the World Cup rugby. Well, they stick together, don't they? You just have to watch them. If someone's getting in a wee bit of trouble somewhere, it's not long before the rest pile in, usually according to the rules. But even sometimes, not according to the rules, because they're so committed to these others who are on their team. And in the life of the church, we're committed to the team because it's Christ's team. When we're in membership of the church, we enjoy that protection. Uh, I say to Marta today and to all our membership as elders in the church, we would do everything that we can do in the name of Christ to keep you in the team. And that's a great privilege for those who belong. Stick together with the people of Christ. If you're not yet a member, maybe that's something you've been thinking about. Do come and speak to me. I'm very glad to explain that to you a little bit more. Stick with the body of Christ. But fourthly and finally, serve the body of Christ. Serve the body of Christ. The life of the church is not as we would say in our culture, a one-man show. A one-man show is where someone comes on stage and that one person does it all. It's not the case for the life of the church, nor is it to be the, to be the work of just one or two. It's a body project. You'll see that in verse 11 and 12. Let's look at those verses again. And he, that's Christ, gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds and teachers to equip the saints, saints is another word for Christians, for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So here is this idea that all who are in the body have a role to play in the building up of the body. It's done through the word preached. And as the members grow in that faith, they have responsibilities to carry out the ministry of the church. And it's a team ministry. On a Monday and Wednesday, I go for a very short run. And I spend a little bit of time doing some very light weights. And to be honest, if it wasn't for my training buddy, I wouldn't do it. But they're always saying it's time to do it. Uh, and I would rather just have a cup of coffee and another chocolate piece of chocolate. But because I've got a training buddy, they keep me at it. And the life of the church is just like that. We have responsibility for the training and the building up of one another. Praying for one another, encouraging one another, forgiving one another, serving one another. If you look at verse 16, you'll say, From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up 
in love. Just the same way in our physical bodies, if, if there's one part of our body not doing its job, well then every other part of our body suffers, doesn't it? Kidneys aren't working particularly well or whatever it is, the rest of the body suffers. And it's the same in the church. It's a team project and each Christian has been given a gift for the good of the body. Every Christian has been given a gift for use in the body. We're thankful in our little church family. Uh, we, don't, we can't do very much because we're small, but we're thankful that many take on little things to serve Jesus Christ. That's part of our work in the body. Taking on tasks so that others can be relieved to do other work in the church. We've got responsibilities as members in the church to, to, to give financially to the, to the work of the church. 2 Corinthians 9 and 7, Paul writes of each of the members in Corinth uh, to give as they've decided before God. Part of our privilege. So it's a team project and everyone has a, has a role to play. So, what's your job? Or what could be your job? Or would you be missed? The work of the church is a team project and we're to serve the body of Christ. So here are four responsibilities. To receive the word of Christ, to grow in likeness to Christ, to stick together with the people of Christ, and to serve the body of Christ. One of the wonderful things about membership in the church is that it costs us nothing. There's no membership fee. And it costs us nothing because it costs Jesus Christ everything. It cost him his precious blood and his precious life so that sinners like you and I could be pardoned and cleansed and belong to the people of God. And we love the church of Christ because he loves her. John F. Kennedy said in his inauguration speech these words, you'll know them I'm sure. My fellow citizens, ask not what America will do for you, but what together we can do for the freedom of man. Just thinking about that. We could, we could change it into something really beneficial. Ask not what Woodstock can do for you, but what together we can do for the people of God so that it will grow and mature and that men and women and boys and girls might know the freedom of the gospel of Jesus Christ. May God bless us, add to our number, and may cause us to grow in grace and in our service of him. Amen. Well, let's conclude our worship as we sing praise to God in Psalm 67, the A version of Psalm 67. It's a prayer for the church. And it's not a selfish prayer, although it begins, God bless and pity us. Because you'll see as the song goes on, there's a purpose 
to this self-focused prayer. And the purpose is that the nations all may know of Jesus Christ. And that's why we pray, Lord, bless us with growth numerically. Lord, bless us as we grow in our faith. Not for us, but for the glory of Jesus Christ and the rescue of sinners. Let's praise God together. God people. And for those, Lord, careless, 
about their membership here. We prayed you would stir them up, that they would heed the words of their elders, and we pray that they would recommit themselves to serve Jesus Christ and his body. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of God the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. The elders were organized formally to receive a new member today, and that formal organization has now come.